Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast, where our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can lead like Jesus. I'm Gian Lemmy, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Jim Good and Chad Simpson. Hey, guys. Hey, hey Gian. Hey, everybody. Um, first episode of April with an interview. Um, our guest is Mandy Green. She's the CEO of Busy Coach. And Mandy used to be a college soccer coach. Um, before she just took this right turn straight into becoming an entrepreneur and starting her own business. And now she also serves alongside Dan Tudor, who we've had on the podcast, and it's helping coaches figure out their recruiting, but as well as figuring out their stressful lives, their their busy lives, therefore the name Busy Coach. But she's done some great work, even just her free stuff that she offers, just like Dan Tudor. It can really be career changing in a way. Yeah, and this this episode, I, it was awesome. I loved it. It was uh, super helpful, uh, different different style than than some of the others. But coach, we, we just really wanted to serve you and um, and just being excellent in your craft. And so we thought bringing bringing Mandy in is is really going to help you uh, manage your schedule because um, we know just it's hard as a coach. And so that's why we wanted to dedicate this this month and these interviews into just uh, yeah, not not being the busy coach, but you know being the being the spirit-filled coach and, and going the right pace through things. And even just thinking about the, the word Ephesians 5, says, look carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time. And so we really want to just uh, feed feed you with, with some of this uh, good stuff from Coach Mandy Green. Yeah, I appreciate Mandy sharing some of her insight. Great interview and um, discussion. Gian did a great job. You could tell she, she got passionate. She got excited towards the end when she did start sharing some principles about time management. And I saw and felt the emotion in her and the lessons that she learned. And I, I love how she related the example. As coaches, we plan our practice. I, I was that guy who had a detailed practice plan. I think that's important. But then how many of us as leaders, as coaches, don't necessarily plan our day? So I, I love that analogy. And then also I encourage you to tune in as she used the term creating versus consuming. So just lock in on those two terms there. Yeah, love those those teasers, Jim. And we just can't wait to get to the podcast interview with Mandy Green right now. Mandy Green, thank you so much for coming on the Christian Coach Podcast. So happy yeah. to make this happen. Um, our first yeah, question thanks is, for having me on. Yeah, our first question is always, what does it mean to you to be a Christian coach? What does it mean to be a Christian coach? I think it is, I mean, I think when you believe in anything, right, it's you trust and you have the values and, you know, uh, that that you have as a person and the, you know, the openness and willingness to share this with the, in, in finding other people that, you know, have the same beliefs and passion, like, and and to do this as a coach, I mean, I, I, I certainly have had the experience of a coach in a time of need when I was younger, sharing their beliefs and their passion and their, you know, being vulnerable, uh, with, with life and everything that was going on. Right. Um, 
and helped me. And so where I'm going with this, right, is, is just as a coach and in a position where I've had a lot of life experiences and I have certain beliefs and, you know, about what makes a good person and what, you know, you should be doing on a daily basis is being able to share that and be a guy, you know, person guiding young people that we are, you know, we get to work with every single day. Long-winded answer to your short question, but that's basically what I, I, I think. Thank you for sharing. Um, so take us back now to young Mandy that she always wanted to be a coach when she started. How did you get into yeah. soccer? Take us back to young Mandy. Yeah. You know, a young Mandy was all over the map. I was a four sport athlete growing up. My, uh, my parents actually owned a bakery. And so it is amazing. I am not you know, 400 pounds right now. And I am such a donut snob because my parents made the best donuts ever. And so that was, you know, honestly, growing up, that was kind of my religion was working. Like I worked from day one. Uh, my parents used to, my dad used to go in early at like seven and bake everything. And then my, uh, my mom used to, we had this motor home and they'd wake us up at four or five in the morning, which I believe is why I hate getting up so early now is we'd go and we'd work, right? We'd work in elementary school. We would be filling shelves and do all this. And then my parents would drive us to elementary school, right? But when I wasn't doing all of that, uh, I played, I played soccer, I played basketball, I played hockey, Okay. Uh, and I played, or I played ringette is what it was back, you know, when I'm old. Right. So they didn't have girls hockey in high school. And then I played softball in the spring. And so it was year round all the time. That's pretty and where, much where was this Minnesota is where I'm okay. from. All right. Yeah. So that explains the hockey a little bit in there. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, so yep. then when, when did you start taking a serious you know, just maybe focusing on soccer or did you continue the four sport athlete throughout high school and college? What what was that like? You know, if I would have, um, I, soccer and basketball, I would say were my two top, uh, they didn't have, I, I was doing more the, the hockey in middle school. They didn't have hockey in high school, but I, uh, I, if if they would have had hockey, that would have been a hard choice for me. But I think when it came down to I, I got recruited to play soccer, softball and basketball in college. And I don't know, I just visited. I visited a bunch of different campuses of the, the coaches that were recruiting me. And I, I fell in love with Chicago. I loved Chicago. And it uh, the coach that was there. I mean, I, I don't know, something with the team. It just I felt right. And it felt like the place that I should be. And it was far enough from home where, you know, I couldn't go home every weekend, but it was close enough where if I really needed to, I could. And I don't know, it was just a good fit. So, and I got, um, I played at Loyola of Chicago my first couple of years. And then my mom got really sick. So I transferred back to uh, McAllister College. I, I uh, was there for about two and a half years playing my last two years of college soccer. And um, so yeah, no, I mean, growing up all sports, 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 sports and working right as a, uh, uh, with, with my family owning that uh, they, they sold it. They sold it as soon as okay. we got to high school. So, but yeah, that's, that was kind of uh, the gist of what I was doing growing up. What are, before we move on to after college life, what were some of those lessons early on that you learned from your parents and that a work ethic of, you know, owning a bakery that now you're translating 
into helping coaches coach? You know, I saw, grew up, saw my parents working really hard and it was, it has to get done. So you know what, just do it, right? Get it done. Uh, I mean, I would say also learned how to be very independent very quickly. Um, now, I mean, I make a mean, you know, bowl of pasta. <clears throat> the uh, my my fa- my sister, my parents are amazing cooks. It definitely skipped a generation. I did not get blessed with that gift of cooking, uh, but but still, right? I mean, I had to learn how to, you know feed myself. I had to learn how to, you know, clean and do, you know, laundry and, you know, all those things. I had to figure out how to do that stuff on my own. So that, you know, was, was valuable that I found now. Right. I mean, I'm trying to get my kids to do the same thing, but that. (laughs) Are are they better? Are they starting to learn how to cook? Yes. Yes. So we actually decided to get I, I got bored with all the food around here. And so we decided to get a HelloFresh, you okay. know, the, the, the food things yeah. that they send that to you. And I mean, I love that they send you all the exact ingredients and all the, you know, the all that. And so, yeah, the pictures, the st- processes, right. It's step-by-step. <laughs> step. I love it. It's Repeatable. So and- yep. Well, I mean, the portions are kind of, which I mean, yeah. actually the portions are really small, which is good. So yeah. we're not overeating and it's healthier. It's fresh. It's, yeah. you know, and I actually find I'm, we're saving a lot of money because I'm not going to the store for, you know, more dinner type stuff. So even though we're spending a little over a hundred bucks a week on it, it's still in the long run, yeah. I'm saving money. So kids are cooking, they're helping do yeah, some of that cool. stuff. They're getting to pick some of the meals that we get. So, yeah. so it's becoming a family thing it's been good yeah, that's cool um talking about you know the work ethic and seeing your parents i started bringing my kids and my kids are three and five you know so they're very young still but i yep. now during tennis matches i'm bringing them and just see what i'm doing during a tennis match i'm not a coach i don't need to be on the court anymore right so now in the hey daddy does laundry for the other team that just showered daddy blows the leaves off the courts daddy does this I think it's very important as much as we can to incorporate bringing kids to work so they see what work is like and, hey, this is how we pay for your toys or this is how we pay for dinner. This is why we say finish yep. your food every time we go out to eat because that costs money. Um, and I think that's a... No, 100%. Yeah. yeah. No, my my son had was uh, had been to 23 states by the time he was two because we my husband, my husband's a yeah. soccer coach as well. So we just he had to come with us. Now, it's funny. He absolutely he's like, nope, no soccer. I don't want to see it on TV. I don't like he's he's we, we soccered him out. But but still, like my kids now, I mean, because my role has changed now that I'm not yeah. coaching as much. I'm doing YouTube videos. I'm doing presentations. I'm doing phone calls with coaches. Like they see me doing that stuff. And as I am trying to, I'm trying, I've set it up where they're now on my payroll, but they have to not consume. I mean, they're, they're consuming still, but they're consuming, working for me, getting me ideas on how to To open YouTube videos how to they're now having to they have their own youtube sites so i'm like you cannot watch until you've created right so consume right create versus consume all the time but they're also i mean i've got them doing other little things so i'm trying to teach them about business as i'm learning right uh 
teach them about business. So maybe one day they're, you know, just trying to get their entrepreneurial brains kind of going a little bit. I don't know if it'll be quite the way my brain works, but just trying to get them to do something yeah. other than just sitting and consuming is what, yeah. what, 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 you know, I'm, is how I'm trying to teach my kids to do a lot of the stuff yeah. as well. I think a lot of the work we've been trying to do here too, is move the coaches from just consuming content as well to creating, putting into action some of the things that they're learning. Is that something you see in coaches nowadays is like, they listen to podcasts, they watch videos, they watch all those things, but then they're just doing, they're just putting things in and they're never translating into actions outward. Do you see that happening? Oh, 100%. And, and that's where, I mean, like, I mean, most coaches yeah. you see have got a bookcase full yep, of there. tons <laughs> of books, right? Tons of books, but they're still feeling like they're spinning their wheels, not taking a lot of progress, or they're not making uh, much, much progress because they're not taking the action that they need. Like in my work with Nan Tudor, a lot of people are like, okay, we get Tudor University when we start working with us as a client all year round. And Oh, like I haven't, how do I, how do I go through all this? I'm like, in all my years, I've, I've known Dan Tudor since 2007 and had Tudor University, right? All throughout. I still, to this day, have yet to go through everything. I'm like, yeah. figure out what's relevant to you and then take action on it. Don't binge watch it because you'll do nothing with it. And then it's pointless, right? It's a big waste yeah. of time. Find something, or even like, I'm a big fan of, can I read and reread the same, you know, I read it first to just get the ideas, yep. but then I read it a second time to apply it. Or if I'm listening to a course, I have two tabs open, right? The course, play, listen, hear, okay, I can take action on that, pause it, do the work, and then, you know, and don't hit yep. play again until I've done. And I mean, those are things. I mean, I certainly am a consumer as well, yep. right? I mean, I'm sure. all about reading. My screen still, time, my screen time is also just too high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and but still, like, there's there's moments, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I try to use my going to the gym. Is I've got a twenty minute drive there, twenty minute back. What podcast can I listen to that get the wheels spinning? Because I do. I think. I think you know. I there's a women's hockey coach that I work with that was just telling me yesterday. She's like, I love listening to things outside of hockey, right? And business, and you know, different faith. You know, I mean, she was talking about different things, and it it just gets the wheels spinning. And how she can take it just gives her a different perspective as to how she should approach things within her sport. And you know, I love that, but it's worthless unless you're taking action on it, for I sure. think. For sure. Let's digress a little bit. You graduated college at McAllister. Did mm -hmm. you transition directly to coaching or what, what was that season of life? I did. did you get married right after college? No. Or, well, okay. no, I didn't. I, um, I thought I was going to, I was actually, uh, kind of engaged to be engaged. Uh, dated a couple years in college. Uh, I don't know, something, something was like, I'm like, eh. but I mean, I had it set up where I was going to get my master's degree from Minnesota state Mankato okay. and was going to be a grad assistant at Gustavus. Well, <laughs> I, I, I never thought I was going to coach. Never wasn't even on my radar to coach. I wanted to go into physical therapy is what okay. I thought I wanted to do. And I don't know, I volunteered at a couple of clinics and I'm like, uh, but my old high school soccer coach was like, Mandy, the local club needs 
somebody to coach their under 17 girls team. Sure. 3000 bucks. I'm at the time yeah. I was like, that's a lot of money for me. Right. Like yeah. that's good. And then, uh, my brother, I got my, I talked to my little brother into doing it with me. We just laughed. We laughed all summer. It was the funnest thing ever. I loved it. And then I, I, I got recruited to coach with a different club and whatever. And I was at this tournament in Arizona. Well, as I was walking through the, you know, going to the field or whatever, I happened to see the husband of the lady who recruited me to play at Loyola. Okay. Right? So I hadn't seen them. They, they left after the fall of my freshman year to get, they got the job at university of Utah. So tapped him on the shoulder. I didn't even think he was going to remember me, but he did. And he called up his wife right then and there. And she invited me right on that phone call to come out and be the volunteer assistant at Utah. And I'm like, no, no, like I've got this boyfriend, yeah. you know, I think, mm, yep. you know, what I, all the stuff, right? I got the masters, I got all the stuff. Well, they're like, well, why don't you come out and work the camp over the summer? So I did. Sure. And within a week of coming back, I, I don't know if you've ever been to Salt Lake. It is beautiful, beautiful. And the people that I got to meet there were amazing. It just, it, it felt right. So I, I called the masters program. I'm like, I'm not coming cancel the grad assistant thing. I'm not coming. I actually broke up with the guy I was dating at the time and moved out to Utah a month later with a thousand dollars in my pocket. Um, and I was, I personal trained, right. I was a, became, I, I had been a personal trainer, uh, my last senior year in college just kind of okay. picked it up and then did personal training, did volunteering at Utah for, you know, during the day and then coached club teams and Olympic development teams at night. I was working from five 30 until 8 PM, like every single day, almost seven days a week. And it, I mean, there was even a time where I was donating plasma because I really needed that 20 bucks, but that's how I got into it. It's just a friend, uh, or, a, you know, an old coach, Yeah, you know, and, and that's, I tell a lot of young coaches now that I work with that it's, network, right? Yep, it, Cause yep. you know, right? in this profession, a lot of times it's not what, you know, it's who, you know. And so sure. if, if you are a young coach listening to this, you need to be networking. One, it's going to help recruiting if you're recruiting at all, because yep. right. It's easier to get referrals to come to you than it is to go out and find somebody yep. cold, but also, you know, you never know who is going to lead you to a different, better, you know, opportunity. So, but just networking. Right. And I just yeah. had had a really good relationship with that coach and I was out there for four years working with them. And as a volunteer coach it. for four years. Uh, no. So I, I started as a volunteer and okay. then um, I bumped up as grad assistant Okay, and then, and then wanting to get a full-time position, I actually yeah. then moved back to Minnesota and became the, uh, eventually became the associate head coach at Minnesota State Mankato. So okay. trying to be closer to my family, but, yeah. you know, rise up the ranks with coaching and it just, I, I'd never thought I would coach. It just happened to work out that way. Yeah. So now take us in the journey of all, a lot of coaches have these journeys, right? Going from one school to the next. Um, yep. Tell us where all these other stops and then ending where you are now with Busy Coach. Yeah, yeah. So I started, was at U University of Utah for four years, was at Minnesota State Mankato for five. And then we got the bug to get back into Division One soccer. And we had a hazing incident. It was mm -hmm. 
yeah, long story, but it was um, decided to move on at that time. And then it was a uh, Loyola Marymount. We were there for one season. We went to Xavier um, in Cincinnati for a year. And then as a, I was, uh, I, I, my husband had, uh, was going to leave to go to East Carolina after okay. one season at Xavier. I stayed because I was eight months pregnant in Cincinnati. Uh, okay. And about that time, the University of South Dakota job came open and I was eight months, you know, very, yeah. very pregnant. And they actually, you know, it took a while to do the whole interview and they invited me to come to visit campus on March 16th. Well, March 15th, I was scheduled to have a C-section <laughs> and my doctor thought I was nuts, but I arranged, they let me push back the on-campus visit. I So I was in the hospital Monday to Thursday. That next Tuesday, I went and flew out to South Dakota and did the interview there. I had to buy a maternity suit because yeah. I didn't fit in any of my clothes, right? I mean, it was, it was, it was rough. It was really rough, but, uh, I mean, I got the job there. So became a first time mom and a first time head coach all within wow. 10 days of each other, which I would not recommend anybody yeah. do that because that was brutal. And then, uh, so I was there for eight years and your and husband, then, but hold on. Your husband is at East Carolina and you're in South he, Dakota. So he was, uh, he was away for about two months, um, okay. you know, working, but then we had to decide because at yeah. South Dakota, I didn't have a full-time assistant my first three years. So it's okay. like, does he stay at East Carolina and do that? So we yeah. have income coming in Correct. or, you know, or, I mean, he had to work. I, I mean, he came with me, but he, I mean, he, he was a grad, they gave him grad assistant $6,000 <laughs> for a year. Right. So we had to teach PE when we had, okay. we were, yeah. we, you know, I mean, the things we do as a coach to make yep. it work, it was rough. Oh, it was yep. rough. It was rough. But, um, we did that for eight years. And then my, uh, a, a friend like connected us. It, I mean, we had a, a girl that was trying to commit suicide. We had, I mean, it was, there were, there yep. were things, it was time. It was time for me to yep. just kind of start, like take a time out. Right. I need to regroup. And about that time, it was, I don't know, it just coaching didn't, wasn't as fun for me with some of the outside yeah. things that were happening. I won't get into it, but it was, there were, there was things that made it not fun. And it, and my kids were getting to the age where we wanted them to be, uh, my kids are in martial arts. Mm. I'm like, you can do any sport you want to, you don't have to do any sport if you don't want to, but you're doing martial arts because I just feel there are too many yeah stupid people on this planet that I want my kids to be able to protect themselves and just the okay. confidence and the discipline yep. and that kind of discipline. stuff. So, yep. Yep. They're black belts in uh, Taekwondo right now. Wow. So that's awesome. But they, um, just, uh, I don't know. I mean, we, so we we're now at Youngstown state mm -hmm. where I moved here to be the, they actually wanted to hire me as the, uh, as the assistant coach, a female and, you know, yeah. they wanted some of that going on, but, uh, I'm like, you don't know my husband's, but can you hire him and full-time and I will be your volunteer because I can do busy coach, but I also can yeah. do the stuff with Dan Tudor. And yeah. so that's how I started. I kind of took, took, I mean, my foot was still in the door, but I yeah. still took a break and started to build up my business, uh, yeah. which didn't start intentionally when I was a, the first time mom, first time head coach, I was a mess, right? My kids weren't sleeping well. I, you know, had no full-time help. So there was so many things to fix with yeah. the program where it was when I took it over. It just, it, I, I just started to, 
I needed to figure out to solve my own problems, right? Yeah. And and not burn out. And so I just started learning, reading, applying, trying different things and see what worked and didn't work. And pretty soon I was like, you know, I love the flexibility and the freedom of being a coach, but it's amazing how just a little structure, a little yeah. planning and then being disciplined to work on what I said I was going to do and not get distracted for an hour, two hours, right? That discipline saved me and it extended my career. It really did. And then, then, I mean, just as I, I kept talking to Dan and he goes, you should like come and talk at the NCRC, right? The recruiting yeah. conference over the summer. I'm like, all right, I'll just talk about what, you know, what I've been doing. And that led to me writing a book and then a second book. And then it was, you know, and it just kind of blossomed from there. Yeah. And again, it wasn't my intention to start a business. Um, and then just Dan Tudor and I have stayed in touch since 2007. We've known each other really well. And so it, um, he just has me, you know, working with clients and I get to, I get to talk to coaches all day, every day about what's working and not working and give them ideas to, you know, just different yeah. strategies, different little tweaks. Um, so, I mean, I don't know, I, I still get to yeah. coach. I still get to, you know, influence, uh, you know, and, and, try to get people to have a little different perspective or a little different attitude or a little different, bring a little different energy to things. Yeah. And I, it's amazing how, you know, slight little tweaks little, actions yeah. makes massive difference. So yeah. before we get into the nitty gritty of busy coach, which has helped me tremendously already, mm -hmm. um, let's talk about coaches having side hustles. Cause that's what busy coach was for you for a while before you kind of that as your main job and then now coaching is the side hustle per se you know um yeah. how did you even start thinking about it and what are what is the importance of potentially coaches trying to think about side hustle in this era you know the re our reality as a coach is that you're livelihood, your job is dependent on the moods of 18 to 22 year olds. And that is pretty risky these days. And yeah. I mean, honestly, listening to some of these coaches who are getting fired, um, things I even did as a coach, like, I mean, just right. A kid breaks curfew and yeah. what do we do? And respond, you know, I mean, typical response, right. <laughs> even like five, 10 years ago, yeah. coaches were getting fired for those things today. And so, I, and even like when I had that hazing thing happen, we didn't get fired, but it just was like, my entire identity is tied into coaching. And if that is taken away from me, I've got nothing. I've got nothing. Right. And I mean, unless the reality is, unless you're, you know, some football, basketball, right. If you're at a power five school, like a lot of times, you know, your salary isn't phenomenal. And so you're having to, you're putting yeah. in all these hours but but that's where I where it, it occurred to me that I need to have a little more control over the income that I have coming in. And so for me, the easiest route is because I didn't know any other professions, really. I yeah. knew coaching because I'd been doing it for so long. So how what what do I know that will help other coaches will help make their lives a little easier? You yeah. know, how can I help with that? And I just saw the impact that just a few simple time management principles applied to my day, how it made a massive difference with my energy, with my happiness, with the quality of work. Right. And so, you know, it seemed I, I wasn't 
you know, I didn't doing a podcast, which is still on my radar. I need to do that. Uh, the podcast, but you, you know, I'm yeah. just, how can I share my message? And, you know, at the time books seemed to be the thing that all the coaches were into. Yeah. So I went that route and, and it's so easy to self-publish. It's so yep. easy to get a website up. It's so easy to get, you know, a page where people can put in orders. It is easier yep. than ever. And so it's, uh, you know, it, it, I think it's more important than ever just because of how things are changing yeah, in the college sure. coaching landscape. And so having having something on the side just in case I think is important. Yeah. Now let's play the game. Hey, Mandy, that sounds great to have a side hustle where I can make some extra money, but you have no idea. I just don't have any time in my day. <laughs> right. <laughs> so what do you say to those coaches? Um and now we can transition into busy coach and what you do there. What are you saying to those coaches that says, I'm just so busy, you know? Yeah. To me, when people say they're so busy, uh, my go-to always, well, it's just not a priority for you at the moment, because I think people's schedules don't lie. I'm like, show me, show me your schedule. Yeah. And I will tell you what you're prioritizing. Because usually what is important to you is what yeah. you're spending the most time on during the day. And money. So, and money, right? <laughs> and, and and so that's where, right? Is It's just not a priority. Yeah. But, but still, everybody's got, you know, right? At the same time during the day, it's just, yeah. I find those that are able to start a side hustle are being very intentional about what they're doing and when they're doing it. Because the reality is, is not all tasks are created equal and not all time is created equal. And so that's where it's just creating that alignment of, you know, if you're going to work on a side hustle, decide what you're going to do, right? What, what can you, mon what, what, what's your superpower that yep. you could monetize and what's the platform you want to use? Uh, and then, when, when, when is your brain energized? You know, when do you have the most focused? When do yeah. you have the most energy? When do you get distracted the least? That's important with a high value task. Right. And that's where I think it, it, it you know, for me writing the book, it took me like two years because yeah. I did a little bit here, a little bit there. And that's where I've never seen anybody build a powerhouse program or rise up in the profession real quick with, you know, and most don't because we're distracted yep. by a million other things. And so really focused attention, even for 30 days, you know, find one block of time, an hour, two hours, every single day for 30 days, you'll get that side hustle going, yep. but it's going to take focus. And, you yep. know, I mean, the reality too, is you're going to have to stop doing something because if your, your days are already jam packed full of a million things I mean, this is uh, uh, something that I have coaches do a lot. So one of the things I, I created was a planner, right? And in yep. this planner, one of the things like coaches, we watch a lot of game film, right? Do you ever review your performance? Your what is your result, right? From the last 30 days and coaches, well, I don't even know how to do that. Look at your to-do list, <laughs> right? What did you work on and what were the, the results tied to that? those actions. Yeah. Right. And, and then we can ask ourselves, what do we continue doing because it's working and we're that moment, you know, we get that flywheel going a little bit faster. Yep. What do we need to stop doing altogether? Because it's just a big waste of time and effort. Uh, what do we start doing? What do yep. we do more of? What do we do less of? Right. Those five things 
can change, you want to get a competitive advantage over, you know, everybody else, but also maybe yeah. free up some time, you know, again, it's hard to add more yeah. things unless we take away some things. So, so, you know, think yeah. first, usually, and when I do a workshop, I, I am not a, let's, you know, talk about a little theory here or there. I'm like, here, you're going to feel like you're drinking out of a fire hose. Cause I want to give you as much stuff as I possibly can in yeah. the short time that I have you. But it's, you know, people get overwhelmed. They do. Yeah. Okay. Well, what do we take away first? Taking yeah. away so even 30 minutes of email, take away one Netflix show, take away, you know, whatever it is, yeah. some 30 minutes of the extra long 30 minutes at the end of a meeting. Nope. Yeah. Cut it yeah. off. You know, yeah. I mean, you can find time here or there. It's just, you got to be very strategic about how yeah. you're doing it. Yeah. I, I, I work with coaches too. And Dan Tudor has helped me as well with, especially in recruiting, we would go to every major American tennis tournament, you know, and mm -hmm. spend days and, you know, spend time and do those things. And then we would get no signees from American tournaments. Right. But we would go to one tournament for two days in Spain and get three mm -hmm. girls. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why are we spending all this money and time on American players when, we can just go for two days and we I get a signing class. You know, tennis is a small signing class. So I can just yeah. go two days to Spain. Obviously, there's phone calls and all those things. But being visible and physical there is and I think sometimes coaches just think they need to hustle like it just. Oh, I as long as I'm in the office, it means I'm I'm working, you know, and most of the time that's not the case. Um, yeah, 100%. So, yeah. What is doubling down, right? Figuring out what's working and doubling down on it. Correct. Why correct. make it so hard? You don't need to make it so hard. Correct. Right? Yeah, correct. And yeah. It, like, just look at your own recruits currently. Look at the last three years. Where are they coming from? Are they coming from 50 mile radius? Just, you don't need to leave the 50 mile radius. Just stay there. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, and that's, I, I talk to coaches all the time. I'm like, are we going a mile wide and an inch deep? Or does it make sense to look back yeah. at where your recruits are coming from and go a mile deep, but an inch wide? Like, does it make sense to do? I have that that conversation a lot with like football staffs, yeah. right? Is because we're even track and field. Or, I mean, mostly football, right? Because they're regionally recruiting. Yeah. And I'm like, what? you're not getting anybody from these parts of the country. Why use the manpower? Why not take those yeah. guys and find other areas of the country where you are getting, you know, you, you're getting great responses. Yeah. Stop recruiting yeah. there, double down here, and it's going to be a better use of your time and you're going to get better results. Yep. For sure. For sure. Now, my last question is, what are some things that you're seeing successful coaches do in regards to productivity and time management that coaches are struggling or not doing? Great question. I think following something that we're used to doing every day as coaches is setting up, how do we set up practice, right? Usually there's a pre-practice, right? We get, we have to get into the right mindset. We got to have, we got to make sure we've eaten, drank the right things to be able to perform well. There's a plan going into practice. It's not just, you know. Show out and roll know, the boys. The roll the balls yeah, out. you know, put the balls out and, you know, let's do something, you know, productive today. No, there's a plan ahead of time as to what is the most important thing we need to do. And then what is the next most important thing to do? 
usually time boundaries have been put on each activity. Uh, it's done in order of importance and coaches understand, right, is okay, right away at the beginning, their focus might be the best. And it's the most important thing we need to work on to make improvements in our next, you know, competition. Let's do that first, right? Yeah. Breaks are taken, you know, is we're not just practicing for two hours straight and running them ragged is we understand that there's flows, energy flows, right up and down. And so we work hard, 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 hard for a certain amount of time. And then we take a break, you know, we rest our eyes, we rest our bodies, we go get water, we, you know, regroup and then bam, we get after it again. Right. Uh, could you imagine looking like if you had your phone on you and every time an email, new email came in, you stopped practice and, you know, went to the new email, you know, you get where I'm going with this. It's, yep. it's kind of using the, um, you know, the framework is just plan your day. Like you do practice those that are successful do that, you know, but it, it's the same framework. It's the same idea versus those that are just random, right? They have no idea how to set themselves up to win day by day. There's no planning. It's just coming in and opening up their inbox and, you know, start at the top, work your way down, which is the worst way to work ever because things don't come in in priority order. Yep. Uh, and, you know, in, in anybody who wants to just mess with you during the day, literally could send you emails all day and you would not get anything done. You know, but also, I mean, right, those programs that have assistant coaches, tasks are delegated, right? It's not the head coach for the most part doing everything. It's based on your superpowers. What are you really good at, right? And in yep. coaching staffs that multiply their results and have a greater impact, you know, because they're divide and conquer, you know, also in the office, you know, are doing a good job of, of separating those things. And then, I, I mean, I would say as well is they're recharging their batteries. They have a way to recharge, right? I think most coaches spend more time paying attention to the charge on their phone or their yeah. laptop than they do their own no. mental, physical, spiritual energy, right? Yeah. And how, you know, we can't like, just like our athletes, we can't expect that they're going to be on 24 yeah. seven. They need to take a break. They need to get away. They need to, you know, rest yeah. and recover. And you can't do that if your face is in your phone the whole time, or you're always trying to hustle and grind, right? It's not going to work. Most, for most coaches, it's kind of counterproductive when I tell them this, but I'm like, no, stop, decide when is your stop work time? Yeah what? I can't work. Pat. Nope. Nope. Try it for a week. Yeah. Stop. Like work. Just stop. Like no phone, no nothing. What do I got? Recruit phone calls. Like it doesn't have to be all day, every day, but yeah. I found even two hours. So you with your three and five year old, right? Yeah. When you're home from practice, are you feeling like, Oh, I still got to get work done. And you feel guilty for being yeah. there with your kids. So you're kind of half there. Right. Yeah. Versus get all, you know, and, and this is where I found like that work stop time is a keystone habit, meaning it's one decision that you make and one action you take that has effect on multiple different things. Yeah. Right. And so that work stop time, if you're not going to allow yourself to work for a certain amount of hours or even the rest of the night, you will stay more focused during the day. It's like going on vacation, right? Yeah. How hard do you work and how much more focused are you? Because you don't want to work while you're on vacation. <laughs> it's kind of setting that up for yourself every single night. But work stop time, you'll stay more focused. Yeah. you got to plan, 
right? And you got to work your plan better than you would if you're just going to give yourself all day, every day. It's like Parkinson's law, right? Work expands to the time you give yep. it. If you give it all day, it's going to take all day versus <laughs> giving yourself a shorter amount of time. Magically, it will get done. Yep. But now you're going home. You're doing things outside of sport that make you happy which is going to improve your energy, which is going to probably, you're going to get sick less. You're going to be more active. You're going to, which your team is going to feel yeah. right. It's one thing that does a lot of different things, but it's the, the framework, right? Is plan yeah. your day and execute your day, just like you would a practice. And you can't go wrong yeah. if, if you're kind of doing that. Right. Yeah. I think that that was been a, a change in my career the last few years was blocking the time and it is what it is whatever you get done in that time for recruiting tuesday for for me it was tuesday mornings from 8 to 10 were recruiting so i would get then tutors letters and i would edit it and then two hours just send 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 and then get replies from text messages and once 10 o'clock hit on a Tuesday, I'm sorry, that's it. Now we go to pre-planned practice. Now we plan for 30 minutes practice. We get that done. Now we go do this. Um, it just, sometimes I think coaches feel like, oh, that's just going to hold me down and, and keep me tight. But that actually creates freedom for you to be present yes. in that moment. Because then when I'm planning practice, I'm not thinking about the recruiting messages anymore, right? And one thing that was incredible to me was... And we were a good program. We had that luxury a little bit, but was if the recruit cannot call me during office hours, I am not calling the recruit. I'm not going to sacrifice my family life to talk to this recruit. Right. And that, and I was very up, upfront with the recruits that way because, Hey, family is important to me. Same way that family is important to you. So mm -hmm. I'm respecting your time. You're respecting my time. And if you come to Liberty office hours from this time to this time, you can bug me anytime, but when I go home, unless it's a death, you know, like a life or death emergency, do not call me. Cause I was getting girls call me. Oh, I tried to cut the tag off my shirt. Now I have a hole in my shirt. Well, that's not a call for 11, 11 PM. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> not, no. not coming until the next yeah. day. Yeah. But you're create. but the thing you're, you're doing, I think one, you're being congruent right? Is yeah. you're doing what you say you're going to do. Like I would yeah. imagine your team also, when the recruits would talk to your team would have the same message, right? Yeah. Coach is family, right? Is, and you know, you're living that, which I believe, right. Yeah. Is, is huge in building trust with recruiting, yeah. but also, you know, it's, this is my time to be me and be a human and do things outside of sport. And yeah. that's where I feel like there's a lot of, especially young coaches who are seeing what other older coaches are doing is they're giving up family time and, you know, but their health goes, their yeah. relationships go They're you know, and pretty soon they don't, they're not enjoying their profession yeah. as much. To me, there's, I don't know why be in the profession yeah. if you're not loving it, Correct. but to love it. And you said the freedom takes a little bit more structure. And for some people, that's a little counterproductive. Again, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's, I, you know, I, I, I love the flexibility. Yeah. Yep. But you have goals, you have dreams, you have aspirations to where your program is going to get to, and it's just not going to happen randomly. So we need a little bit of structure in certain key parts of the day. And we protect that. Like it's the most important thing you have to do that day. And then you have the whole rest of the day for flexibility and freedom yep. and people stop putting out doing fires. What you need to do. Yep. 
you know, fire. But that time, you know, and this is where the 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 high, it, it's kind of magic, right? It's magic yeah. time. It's where you can get 10 times more work done than most people would get done during the day. Um, protect that. Like it yeah. is the most important part, you know, part of your day. It's the most important part appointment you have is your building. How important is building your program, you know, yeah. and it's worth blocking the time and it's worth working on your goals during that time. And that's how coaches, I'm trying to help coaches get 10 times further ahead, faster than anybody else that's not working with me, right? Is yep. because we're just creating that little bit of structure, a little bit of, but it's adding, it's adding extra time on the back end. It is. They could yeah. coach more, you know, because again, how, like how many coaches get into coaching and don't feel like they're ever coaching yep. <laughs> because they're doing yep. all this administrative and the recruiting and all that. And, and that's, I'm trying to free up time. If you want to coach more, coach more. If you yeah. want to work more, work more, right? Yeah. Or if you want to go home and be with your family and actually have a life outside of sport, yeah. go do that. Whatever yeah. it is, but let's, you know, shorten the amount of time you're working, get a higher quality of work done, you know, so you can pursue other things, other yeah. side hustles or whatever is important. Whatever, to you. yeah. Yeah. Awesome. This mm -hmm. is this has been so great. I'm I'm sure coaches are gonna love it, Mandy. How can people find you? Um, and the work you're doing with busy coach. Yeah. So if you go to busy.coach is the website or yeah. Mandy at busy.coach, my, um, my, tw I mean, I'm on Twitter, I'm on YouTube. Follow me on YouTube is where I'm trying to give a lot of short yeah. little, you know, tips and tricks on how to do all of this easier. Um, as a coach, uh, I am starting a podcast eventually I've okay. got 95% of it started up. I just need to actually hit record and start some of that. Cause I know coaches are spending a lot of time in their car. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, and I, this is my latest, the, this planner is I find that a lot of coaches, right. It's post-it notes or it's random pieces <laughs> of paper. And I want you to create a journal. This is kind of a journal slash yeah. planner, yeah. right. Is and they're just prompts prompts to follow, to help make planning your day like you would it's set up, like you would plan practice, but just how to organize your day a little better yep. to make sure you're doing the right things at the right time and then free up more time to do whatever else you want to do during the day. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mandy. How can we be praying for you? Ooh, uh, how can you be praying for me? I mean, you know, it's, it's, I would love just, you know, love sent my way to keep, you know, keeping my energy up, keeping my, you know, mental, spiritual, physical energy up to keep putting in the work, right? Because this, it's work, yeah, right? It's it work is. to keep learning different techniques and strategies that will benefit coaches. And so, or keep praying for me to have the courage to, you know, keep spreading my voice and getting my voice out there. Because it is, you know, right? It's kind yep. of a scary thing to do it because is. people judge and they criticize yep. and they give grief about a lot of things, right? And we're trying to help people do their jobs better and, you know, send the love out. And so, so I would appreciate that. That yeah. would be great. Yeah. Let's pray real quick. Mandy, thank you. Uh, dear Jesus, thank you so much for, uh, for having Mandy here on the podcast. Um, thank you for all the wisdom that she shared. Thank you for all the work that she does uh, with busy coach and Dan Tudor. Um, Lord, I just pray that you continue to keep her discipline, um, keep, keep her discipline in the life giving activity so that she's filled up so she can then spread 
all the love and all the knowledge that she has to other coaches in order to prevent burnout, uh, prevent coaches from just quitting because they just feel so overwhelmed. Lord, we know that's a big problem in our coaching careers. Um, Lord, I just pray that you'll give her the courage to to speak um, about what she's doing, to, to have the courage to put herself out there, even if it means that some will judge, Lord, that she'll have the courage to stand up for what she knows is right and then continue to influence coaches um, to, to be better, to be better coaches, to be better husbands and wives and parents. And, and Lord, I just uh, thank you again for this conversation. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Great job, Gian. Great job, Mandy. Again, thanks for sharing and being with us, coaches. I, I love how Mandy, just uh, in her intro, shared about being involved in four sports. I don't know if you caught that, but she played four different sports. And I know in today's um, world, there's a lot of uh, limited action and specialization, but I'm sure a ton of lessons that she learned growing up. And you can just see how that even relates to what she's doing now with her time management. But again, just a great interview, great podcast. Enjoyed her sharing uh, that insight, especially with the time management and planning your day. Yeah, this was this was excellent. And uh, I wish I have some regrets, you know, it's like, man, I wish I could go back when I started my coaching career uh, to implement some of these strategies because, uh, man, I had my head over water trying to do it all, trying to grow the program. And so it's super important to um, to, yeah, be be organized and and learn some of these uh, things that Mandy's teaching. We encourage you guys go go follow her on social media. She does a great job. Uh, on Twitter and, and Instagram. Um, and then just as a parent too, just the consuming versus creating. I thought that was a great little nugget that I'm going to take away for my kids is like, no, you're not just going to go and watch, watch Bluey or, or whatever. Like you need to go and, and create something. Um, and then, yeah, go share it with the world. Yeah. And like I said, in the intro, she's had so many great resources. I even purchased from her, her social media calendar. And coach, if you're really trying to get into the social media game for your program, it's such a great resource because she has 365 ideas already put out on a schedule for you to just plug and play. Like this this Monday, maybe share a story about one of your seniors. Then Tuesday, share about your academic facilities. And Thursday, all those things. And it's really, really helpful during the pandemic that's what i started getting myself into which now led me to working as a social media manager um but it was such a great resource because it took the guessing out of out of the equation right i just didn't have to come up with ideas i just need to execute those ideas and i could plan ahead and get ahead of the game that way but mandy was so so thoughtful so kind to take some time you know time of out of her busy schedule sorry the pun there mandy but um just just so thankful for her and just want to remind everyone that the mission field is right where you're at.